Welcome to Slacker Motor Radio with Brad and Addison. Based out of the Pacific Northwest, we're talking motorcycles and the motorcycle community, and we're excited to have this hour with you. Here we go. Brad, how you doing? <laughs> I'm doing good, man. How are you doing, Addison? I'm good. Yeah. What's uh what's going on? Just Brad and I this week. We lost uh, we lost our guest. I think yeah. we scared him last week, but it's all right. A little bit, I think. That was fun though. I like how Daryl had to it. join to make sure Max didn't say anything uh out of the norm. I think Daryl was much more controversial about his bike than Max was. A little bit. But uh no, it's good to be back. We'll just have our normal conversation, but uh hoping to have some other people soon. So I know you and I are both working on which guests we can have in the near future. So we'll go from there. But uh, did you do anything fun this weekend? It was Mother's Day. Happy Mother's Day. Yeah. Yeah. To everyone yeah, that's Mother's listening. Day. Yeah. Especially it was, it was definitely focused on mom. I'll tell you that. But uh, had a great weekend. It was beautiful outside. Heard a lot that's of nice. motorcycles on the road. I'm glad people were getting out. Hopefully everybody listening was able to get out and enjoy that a little bit. Because I did not. But I enjoyed the weekend. It was a lot of fun. Good. Now, what about you? I know you've got some more new news. Is that news? Is it news? Got to, well, yeah, I guess so. I don't know. We didn't talk too much about the specifics on the GL. Yeah. There's a lot of GL news. Um, since I bought it, it had a small coolant leak on it. Okay. That I assumed it looked like it was coming from the coolant, the water pump housing. Okay. Uh, there's a little kind of oddly shaped, harder to find gasket that I know some people on the forums have kind of used an oversized round, you know, circular gasket to then kind of just fit into the gasket house, the gasket seating area mm-hmm. to its little groove and kind of makeshift as the right gasket for the water pump housing right because it's a formed o-ring it's, it's a formed not o-ring. really yeah, an o it's kind it's... of a yeah more or less a y or it's a little different shape but right. uh yeah so i knew people had kind of done what they could with the basic o-ring um just a larger one and it doesn't look like that's the case got everything apart tore it down everything looks pretty clean yeah not a lot of corrosion not a lot of issues the water cooling system looks great sure However, the leak is definitely coming from the uh, from the mechanical seal for the water pump. So, mm. a little more in-depth. It's not leaking terribly. Um, was something I thought I could quickly fix and get ready for the trip. Since it's not leaking terribly, I'm going to cross my fingers that it won't be the end of the world on the trip. And I'm sure. just going to run it like that. And if I need to just keep filling it up every gas stop, I can mm-hmm. uh, with distilled water. But I don't think, right, right now it's not leaking anywhere near that rate. And so barring something crazy it shouldn't on the trip well in worst case for those how how extreme does that actually get sounds like it's a about a reserve tank every gas stop so it's okay you know uh what does that equate to a little more than maybe three eighths of a of a uh no is it a quarter more than a quarter probably a quarter of the cooling system Oh. Sizing oh, wise, pretty, so it's pretty a fair amount. It's enough. That now I, that's in worst case, right? But that's worst case. That's it. Sure. It completely blows out and is leaking every ounce of fluid it can through the mm-hmm. weed hole. With it running and, and everything going on, I, I just don't think think that's going to be an issue. Nor is it going to be all that hot. That if mm-hmm. I were running a little less, we're going to be moving. I'm not sitting at stoplights and overheating the engine. I don't foresee it being an end of the world or game stopper. It might be a me being more careful than usual situation yeah it definitely seems pretty early for that motorcycle i mean i was doing a little research too and it sounds like if you see that weepage that it's actually um 
recommended that you do a triple bypass, they call it. Yeah. And, and what's included in the triple bypass typically? So basically the triple bypass, from what I can tell, you'll pull the front and rear covers off. You'll check the timing chain, mm-hmm. uh, that mechanical seal on the water pump and the stator are kind of the right. three things that you're fixing. Now, do they just replace them at that point? I know this typically happens at 40,000 miles, so yeah. it's, like I, think I said, it's, it's a early. Replacement. Yeah. Just go ahead part. and do it while you have it apart. Yeah, this, so that's what that, that's why I'm not overly concerned, is I'm sure the stator, it's running great, fires mm-hmm. up fine, no charging issues. I mean, it runs an auxiliary plug with mm-hmm. no issues. It charges my phone up, sure. which I'm sure draws more power than most things did back in the day. Um, the timing seems perfect. It has no noise whatsoever, so I'm not worried about any of the big items, just kind of that coolant leak. Yeah, it's a very um, good running. Yeah, it bike. runs great. So I, more so, I'm concerned with the, uh, you know, that that water leak. But while I've got it open, the intention for this was to completely, this winter, barring what concerns my dad had and other people that love the bike as it currently sits, with this issue where I'm going to have to tear the engine down, mm-hmm. I'm going to go ahead and do a full rebuild. Oh, I'm are you? Take it down. I'm gonna may not. I may not crack open the crank because at 20,000 miles chances are those bearings are fine it's been well lubricated well maintained the bike the engine is very clean the oil coming out that i've seen that i've checked so far very clean the coolant was very clean sure the radiator from what you can see from the cap no rust Mm -hmm. tank has no rust so I, i don't think it's been abused and left hanging in the dirt and whatnot sure so my willing i'm willing to bet the bottom end of the engine is flawless at 20,000 miles so i probably won't break crack the center case in half to get to that part but i will do the clutch i'll do the whole front half of the end you know the front portion kind of on that triple bypass you can pull the back the rear case or the front case mm-hmm. um and i'll probably pull both and replace everything that would be a wear item on both sides sure uh double checking the you know i'll, I'll check the compression and make sure that it doesn't need anything on the bottom end mm-hmm. but if the compression's good there's not even a reason to crack the head gasket i mean yeah it looks so clean that there would be no need for that at all well it's debatable as to whether or not you should even be going through and doing a full rebuild i mean That's are you going to be checking a little bit as you go and if everything's just looking awesome yeah i'll check i'm gonna buy all the parts it. oh okay so sooner or later i'll need them and generally in kits you save enough that it's worth just buying the kit mm-hmm. that i can then rather than you know onesie twosieing it on hopes of what i need or waiting mm. you know for three months or three weeks or whatever it ends up being depending on where i can get them after i've got it all torn apart it'll be worth just having the parts i need Right. Well, and a lot of these older bikes that uh, weren't produced for as many years, and I know the GL was only a couple, the, the CX was a lot more, but do they have a lot of kits available for it? There's a fair amount of aftermarket support. I was just looking at gaskets and whatnot earlier, and uh, a couple of good, I can't remember the name brands offhand, but a couple of good aftermarket kits. There's like a NE brand, and MGO makes some. There's there's some low-cost aftermarket kits, but for this I'll go with the basically two, you know, it's three times more expensive but it's more on par with honda factory Mm -hmm. um, reliability and and quality so i for what i want to do with this bike i'm going to use quality parts i'm just going to buy the good kits with the good paper filters of the correct specification of thickness some Mm -hmm. of the other ones are just kind of you get what you get thickness wise sometimes it has an effect on your shifting i read Mm. Um, interesting it's worth getting the good ones if you want a good quality running bike However, uh, you know, you, you can go cheaper if you just want a daily runner that you're not going to, you know, put time and effort into. But if I'm going to tear it open, um, the, the end goal will be to create a slacker moto custom and not scrambler style. I know we've talked about it, but a ground up, keep what portions of the frame I need to keep it a solid bike, mm-hmm. keep the engine and have it rebuilt and running flawless. Sure. And everything else from there completely custom, right? Custom paint, custom triple clamps, 
custom suspension, front and rear, custom subframe, seat, lighting. Yeah. Make it this exactly what I would want a bike to be. I've looked them up online. There's a lot of sweet customs out there. So, I mean, it's not something that hasn't been um, gone into in the past. I mean, other people are kind of doing some of these builds, but I'm looking forward to see what you do with it because that was one issue with the Scrambler that you didn't, you were trying to ride it. That was your daily and it, you had a large investment into it. You'd paid, you know, new money for it. And so you did some custom touches, but didn't really, you know, cut into it, weld onto sure. it. Yep. And do some significant changes. So it I'm looking forward to what you're going to do. Yeah. You know, with, with what I wanted it to look like. But yeah. Um, you know, and to that point, going on to Daily Rider and, and everything we're talking about, I probably the news you're trying to allude to is I picked up a, a spare GL500 this weekend. Right. Um, almost got multiple spare 500 Honda I can't 500s. believe that you thought those were going to weigh and those were still going to be available in two days. But it was, yeah, it was Mother's Day weekend. It was Mother's Day weekend and it wasn't worth dipping into that time with with uh, my wife and with the family yes um leaving her stranded on mother's day wasn't really a smart choice on my end so i got the one that was most logical mm-hmm. so the one i got to runner i know you saw it as well so this isn't news to you but runs rides mm-hmm. we didn't really test ride it you know i didn't test ride it when we looked at it the first time um but it, it rides fine rides straight it definitely still has some engine noise there's something mm-hmm. going on to me, the most likely culprit after the research I've done is the timing chain. Sure. Because um, it is due for that triple bypass we were just talking about. Right. Uh, so, I, you know, ideally it's the timing chain and it's just a little off and it's making a little noise and it hasn't hit any of the casing and there's no problems with it. Mm-hmm. If that's the case, then, you know, I'll get to that way before I get to this one since it's running fine except for that little leak. Mm-hmm. I'll crack into that, see if it looks good and ready for a rebuild. And I'll do a full rebuild on that one at 50,000 miles. It'll be basically a brand new engine because the housings at 50K won't have anywhere. Right. Um, I'll get that thing down to brand new and do a full custom, and that'll be the full custom. Yeah. Because it, it runs good, runs straight. Everything that needs to be there is there. Some of the fairings are missing, fairing pieces for the front fairing. It's sure. a GL500i, just like the others. So it's the interstate. It's got all the stuff. Uh, has a few extra little engine guards and yeah, you got you drooled a little guards. bit over a couple things you saw. There's cool things that that if I were to make this one that I just picked up, rebuild it fully, make it the custom, I could then add those touches to the 500i, and it would basically up its value after it's been fully gone through. Right. Um, to where that would just be a good daily with all the bells and whistles you could ever get. Sure. So you know, mixing the two bikes, but making a custom out of the one that right now needs timing work. Um, as long as there's nothing more that it needs, because I wouldn't want to do a, a full-blown high-end custom out of something that needs a lot of work. Um, but if it's just a timing issue, you know, the timing chain's worn and it's given a, given a little noise, then by all means, that's a, you know, it's not necessarily a cheap fix, but it's mm-hmm. a simple fix, and it's one that is readily available. You can get all those parts, still new old stock. Right. You can get those parts aftermarket, a little higher quality, a little lower quality, whatever you want, and mm-hmm. I would do... New old stock wherever I could. I don't know that I'd go with the... I'm not looking for an advanced timing or any... I'm not looking to hot rod the bike at all. I like the reliability that GL has, or the CX. Mm-hmm. I like that it's a very reliable engine. And I think, you know, you shave some weight, shave, you know, add a little bit of air into it and a little bit of exhaust to it. Sure. I think you end up with a pretty fun bike. I mean, this bike, the controls are not spirited. Okay. You know, we've talked about the bars before. I know this isn't the first time I've mentioned it. Right. But... The way you ride the GL500 is not a spirited feel, mm-hmm. so it's hard to kind of lean in and ride hard. But if you kind of, you know, if you get into it a little bit, 
least up until about 50, 60 miles per hour, there's a lot of fun to be had. Sure. So if it's a little more spirited position, a little more of a, uh, you know, a tracker bar, more of that tracker scrambler sty- styled setup for seating and, and controls, mm-hmm. even maybe more of a cafe where it's a little lower and you put a little more weight onto the steering with a with an upgraded suspension, I think it would be just a riot. I think the bike would be a blast. I see a ton of potential. It looks great. That engine, we talked about that too, is oh, really yeah. cool. Um, so yeah, ideally I can get both of them going. Uh, and then get one of them, you know, one of the toxins to kind of get set up to, to help out a family member so he can get into biking. Mm-hmm. So, uh, you know, we'll see what what effort I can get into that if this one doesn't look destroyed and looks like I could completely customize it to a gorgeous bike. Then by all means, I'm going to do that and I'm mm-hmm. going to show it and I'm going to sell it for what it's worth. Sure. Being fully rebuilt and done. If it's good enough to be a runner then i'm gonna do a budget custom and it'll be my bike that i'll keep for a daily for a long time because yeah. those bikes will go 100k and we'll do the other one custom mm-hmm. or keep my eye out for what else because i'm starting to kind of fall in love with these bikes clearly yeah got two almost had five so i know that was uh, interesting i know my wife's surprise. not overly excited about it but i think she kind of understands and she likes the budget of it and the initial the initial investment costs and i think she's okay with the amount of work it would take in supporting in that so it's it's That's pretty awesome. cool to kind of get you know, obviously for Slacker Moto, it's been a little bit of things here and there, but a lot of basically branding and podcasting as we're doing here with, with the podcast, but to kind of get the business itself as a custom bike build going is something I'm excited about. And I think this is a really good platform for it. So yeah, that's kind of the news I got is excitement to kind of really push hard into it instead yeah. of, you know, I almost bought a, a daily ride, a, a, a VFR 800, but kind of decided <laughs> I've got plans to, to kind of really focus and invest in this business so so what point are you going to stop looking at craigslist for new bikes yeah, that's great. never 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 okay if a deal pops up it's going to be hard not to say no if a deal pops up sure sure well I, you got I'm this not... last one at a, at a at a good deal and i think it's great that you're going to have one that you can ride that you don't have to do a lot of maintenance or or upkeep on to get it going at least and you can take this other one you can really tear into it learn about it and see what it's all about start playing with it and it's it's not perfect so it's a great one to kind of hack up and see what you can do with it so i'm excited to see yeah that's kind of you know the the scuffs on the rear of the frame and you know the bags are well truth be told about the same quality as the other bags there's no problems there but Mm -hmm. yeah they're not they're not perfect so yeah i don't mind getting rid of some of that and making it more of what it what i what i can see it as rather than what it is sure um, but yeah, it'll be fun. I, you know, I think it'll be a bit of a learning curve, but I'd like to, you know, really get into the, that 500 engine. I, I like the engine. Sure. I like the style. I like, I like the mechanics of it and how it functions and the, the reason for the 22 degree tilt, right? It's got that little tilt in the, in the heads. I like that that gives you a better airflow from the carburetor to the, to the uh, cylinder. And, you know, it, it's just really logically thought out and, it was very intentional. It was, yeah. it was, uh, it gives it a weird character that I think at the time was kind of divisive cause people to love or hate. And nowadays is kind of what everybody's looking for is a cafe with some character. And I think that's exactly what this does. So, yeah, it was very functional, but it provided a form that's unique. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's, uh, you know, just in the little bit I've gotten into it. I mean, I had everything shy of that rear case off mm-hmm. over the last two weeks to, to, make sure what leaks i basically make sure it was ready for the trip coming up yeah it's coming um quick. i had you know carbs out and coolant bottle off and i had you know the thing flushed and and basically 
everything rear of the engine was removed and I could really inspect and check and see what was going on, which is why I can definitively know what it is that the issue is. But you know, the way it's set up, it's really user friendly. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of it, you got to have the engine off, but it's a, you know, it's a stress member. The engine mm-hmm. is so it really, you know, as much as that's important to make sure it's mounted correctly, it makes dismounting and, and removing much easier because that you don't have the extra frame members you got to work around and fight with to get the engine out it just pops out from underneath sure now what did you think about uh tuning carburetors that was kind of a new world for you yeah i've done a lot of single carburetors but the whole dual carb situation and this one runs a little different than a lot of the dirt bike carburetors i've played with sure um really not too bad i'm actually surprised at how simple it is on on this i mean really once you get it clean there's a lot of wizardry let's say in in jetting and once you start changing your air fuel mixtures and customizing it in that way which will soon be the game i'll learn a lot more in right uh, and understanding which jets to use and why and 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 how to how to know which ones you want um but when it comes to kind of stock settings you you've got the stock jets you set it up you clean it you make sure everything's working correctly that all of the passes are are clean and and you can actually get spray out of them right once you've done that, you kind of set up your, your air-fuel mixture, basically your idle mix. Mm-hmm. And once you've got it at a running speed where it's running the best you can, I mean, we talked about it a lot, but basically you you go to your stock, uh, you screw it all the way in, go out as many turns as the stock settings should be, and from there you just tweak it one way or another a little bit until you kind of get the maximum idle. Mm-hmm. And there seems to be, a, at least on the CX or the, the GL500, a pretty long acceptable range hmm. on that idle screw to where you know you kind of hit a spot and you've got almost a full turn before it really alters that sure so you know i just set mine a little bit on the rich side of that and not, not not necessarily dead center but backed it off from the highest idle where it kind of sat there for a while backed it off a little a quarter turn mm-hmm. uh, and and from there you know i'll check the plugs here this week i'll ride it a little more this week and check the plugs but i i don't foresee any issues with that and mm-hmm. it idles pretty darn well you know like an old 82 carburetor should sure and at throttle it's you know i went through and synchronized them we had mm-hmm. a buddy that, that loaned us a, a synchronizing tool and went through that was fairly simple i don't know on a bike with just twins like that uh twin cylinders it, it was very clear uh, without looking at the vacuum gauge when i was right to then right. look at the vacuum gauge and say oh yeah okay it runs perfectly smooth at idle and it's also synchronized. Yeah. Uh, there's a very clear difference even from a, you know, a tenth of a turn one side or the other that it starts running a little bit rougher mm-hmm. one way or the other, that you've got one carburetor letting in a lot more air than the other or whatnot. Well, at least with the vacuum gauge, it gives you a little bit of confidence. Yep. When you get there, the right then you can it. hear it, you can see it, and sure then you there's... can feel it when you rip on the throttle, I'm sure, as yeah. well. Yeah. Once you're at throttle, there's a big difference. Um, very noticeable at speed. But... Uh, I'm sure there's a number of mechanics that are pretty savvy with carburetors and don't use a vacuum gauge. It'd be interesting when you get into four. How does that play out? I could agree. You're you're balancing is much more harmonic, Mm -hmm. even if something's slightly off. So it runs significantly smoother. So I I could see that being a lot more pivotal or a triple. Right. You know, but with a twin, it's very clear if one of them's off. Right. I mean, that's my experience. It vibrates on one side. (laughs) Automotive. We're not talking automotive, but Edelbrock, it's a two barrel with secondaries in essence, right? And so you're kind of tuning it in a similar, similar way. So sure. Yeah. Very interesting. Yeah. It's uh, simpler than I thought it would be. Um, I mean, even the carbs I bought, uh, there's guy, Larry, 
makes a, a carburetor book for these bikes. And I decided, you know, one, to support the community and two, to learn a little more. I'd invest in that book. Now, I think when it comes to fine-tuning, cleaning, maybe drilling and tapping to clean up some of the issues on the on the carburetor, he's done it and is the guru and has it figured out, and I would follow every bit of what he says. But uh, I kind of pre-ran through it due to just I had an open weekend before the book showed up. Mm-hmm. Reading through the book on a simple cleaning phase, I did exactly everything he would without the book. So right. it's not an overly complicated carburetor. However, there's a lot to be learned about jet settings and cleaning out kind of more catastrophic issues right if you lose some threads he you know whether you should tap he the coil what, what you need to do in certain situations based on what's happening sure um if you need to hone out a little bit of the you know kind of fine-tune the jets or the needles themselves what to polish where to polish uh if you don't have a clean carburetor there's a lot to learn so it's a very beneficial book i didn't need it for this one but with the one i just got mm-hmm. i'm about 90 percent sure i will so it'll come in handy and be well worth the purchase oh yeah point. yeah it's a little more nuanced, a little dirtier, a lot more miles on that bike. Um, yeah, so. we saw a lot of things that need to be addressed with it, but it's a great bike for if you're planning on going through the bike anyway. Yep. Starting with that one, doing everything fresh, cleaning it up, doing the mods that you want to do. As long as there's no mechanical your touch. issues or failures, it's it'll be a runner. It'll be as good as new when I'm done. I'll, on that one, I'll... If there's no damage due to any timing issues or valve issues, right? No bent valve, no timing chain damage, then I'm going to go ahead and split the case and refresh bearings, rods. I mean, mm-hmm. wristband, it'll it'll be a brand new zero mile engine when it's done. Sure. That's all rings, sweet. I mean, I'll, I'll go ahead and spend the money to put this into, if there's no damage at all other than, you know, wear items that all need to be replaced, then it's going to be as good as a brand new bike when I'm done, and it's going to be a hell of a build. Bore it into a 650. No, no I'm not going to do that. Why Again, not? I like, if I want a 650, I'll buy a 650. Oh. That's part of what you're doing is you're customizing Yeah, it. there's they're customizing, and then there's perfectly reliable custom. And I'm, I'm They made 650s, the too. I mean, what's different? That's a good question. I don't know enough to tell you. Okay. Give me a few more weeks. All right. Well, At let the me rate know. I'm spending too much time on this bike and learning about it i'll be able to tell you in a couple of weeks well when you get kicked out of the house <laughs> yeah. you'll be you at the house a lot more and we'll be chatting a lot yeah. more and then we'll both be out on the street but that's beside the point that's fair okay i'm okay with that that's a risk i'm trying to take i mean willing to take okay <laughs> <laughs> no but it's been fun it's a fun bike there's a lot to learn a lot to do mm-hmm. um i'm really excited for the kind of this rebuild project because one way or another i'm going to learn a ton from it and if it just ends up being a, a reliable daily that has enough wear that it's not, you know, I would never build a, a full custom or sell a full custom at a good price if it had mechanical failures and issues, mm-hmm. right? I'm not going to, you you can't, in my opinion, you cannot upcharge or, or consider it a reliable, good as new bike if it isn't, mm-hmm. right? If it's got internal damage. But if it's internal damage that can be replaced and, and made a runner, then it'll by all means be a daily for me. Right. And something fun to play with. So Right. Well and when you bought it, you, I will you had the on my arm. the the insight to be looking at how much could you part this out for and yep. could you get your money back? And I if definitely I, yeah, think if I need on. to just part it then by all means I'll get my money back out of it. But But at least you're able to ride it up to the house. Yeah, up was, your hill. It was a pain in the butt, man. That, the bikes they're not all that heavy, but they're awkward to push. Right. It's not like a dirt bike or my scrambler was very thin in the waist. Mm-hmm. So you can get a good long, lean, you know legs far back and get some good push on it sure man these with the bags there you can't push so so far back you can't get such a good football stance on it 
I got about halfway up that driveway. I had to give up. I was going to either ask for help from the neighbors at 10 o'clock at night or I realized, hey, it runs and rides. I didn't really test ride it because I knew what to expect and I didn't like the noise of the engine and didn't want it to run more than it should. Because right. if there's a timing issue at that point and no damage, it's kind of a time bomb if it's off. Mm-hmm. I don't want to be the guy that sets off the grenade. I'd rather replace it before that grenade goes off. Sure. Um, but it was like, well, it does. Let's let's try it. <laughs> Ran right up the driveway, parked great, ran well, smooth, rides smooth. It, it's really, the suspension on it's pretty nice. It's a good bike. I mean, the, the bones on it are really good. Good. Hopefully the guts are too. That's what we'll check is the, the engine there and make sure that the guts in it are, are all serviceable and ready to go. Mm-hmm. If not, the bones are good, and you know I'll use what I can on the other bike, mm-hmm. and then I'm sure that you know there's a market. Who knows how how long it takes to sell the parts for GL, but they'll be available, Slacker yeah. Moto or on eBay, yeah. probably both. Sure, <laughs> we'll see what we can do. Um, but yeah, it's fun. I, I'm definitely getting excited about the vintage custom market. I think I realize I'm not the only player, and it's a very full market there's a lot of people playing in that game but i'm not looking to do just a daily runner unless that's all i can do i'm looking to make it do it right have everything correctly coded seats correctly outsourced i know what i can do and i know what would be better off paying to have somebody do Mm -hmm. and that's the point here is it's not going to be you know i'm not going to try to cover a seat with leather when that's not my strong suit on something that i would sell as a full custom sure it will be done by someone whose job every day is to cover motorcycle seats and do mm-hmm. it nicely and stitch it correctly. Anybody, you know, I, I could throw a piece of vinyl over whatever, but it's going to look good if it's going to look good. Yeah, I, I think put that's the money a smart into it; play. it's going to be done right. So. Yeah, especially if you want to do a, a good seat, not just a plank. Yep. In essence, right? You know, it needs to fit and match the tank. It needs to. The lines need to match. You know, there's a lot that goes into it that you kind of got to take your time and do it right. And make sure that you're, you know, hiring the right people for the right jobs. I'm not, right. you know, going to profess to be an upholsterer. Well, and you're entering this. I mean, I, obviously, you could sell it in the future and recoup the, the majority, some of the money that you put into it, if not a good portion of it. But you love doing this, which is what's awesome is that you're buying into something that you can actually customize and have a little bit of fun with. And you don't have... A, anything else in the garage right now other than more bikes yeah so there's always room for one more sure otherwise they'll be in the long driveway apparently yeah it'll get in by the end of the night okay we'll get it in before the rain starts oh is it outside right now yeah oh okay cool yeah yeah it's all right a little oil leak on the uh, rear gasket face Mm -hmm. for that rear case so this case got to come off either way i'm sure he used cheap gaskets or rtv we saw based on yeah based on some of the repairs that have been done it needs to be redone yeah but it's that's the point right yeah as long as the parts as long as it's got good bones in there then i'm more than willing to replace those extra pieces mm-hmm. we'll see we'll see what we get there'll be news probably upcoming they're probably not for a few weeks i know but not too long we've got our trip so up from that it'll be continued prep and and uh shakedown hours on the on the running riding gl although i guess this one runs and rides it isn't of the same caliber of the trip ready GL, we'll call it. The low um, mileage. The low low mileage GL will be the one that gets gets attention for the next two weeks. But after that, I'll dive right back in. Okay. So you're getting prepped. I mean, what do we have still to plan for the trip? Really not much. Um, there was a lot of conversation on adding a fourth day. Mm-hmm. Uh, that seems to have kind of 
been left to day of thoughts, people that are either going to start early and meet up mm-hmm. or people that are going to not go home the last day and spend an extra day going where they want. And that's totally cool. Everybody's going to kind of split off and do whatever they mm-hmm. feel the last day, take an extra day off or whatever they need to do. Otherwise, we've got for the main three days and, and two nights, we've got accommodations prepared. We've got everybody basically in line for the ride. There's not a lot waiting. Um, I'm setting up a ride for next week just okay. to kind of do a shakedown for those that want to. I'd, sure. I'd like a longer ride than you know a full tank of gas type ride Yeah. before the trip just to make sure there's no hidden surprises on the bike before mm-hmm. I end up you know, 300, 400 miles away and with some issue I didn't know about. Mm-hmm. I don't foresee any. I rode the bike, I mean, right day one, I put almost 200 miles on it and just in driving it home and going the long way from when I bought it. So and right. that was before I adjusted the carbs and did any of this work to it. Mm-hmm. I can only imagine it's running better. So did you take it for a ride after you got all this work done over the weekend? No, I fired it up. Okay. And ran it and revved it out, but all I didn't right. take it for a ride. So I'm okay. not, not worried. It runs great. It runs good. I was burping the cooling system, got all that done, and then sure. Saturday night came around and we went off and I bought a bike and did some Mother's Day stuff. And Sunday was all Mother's Day, so tonight's the plan to kind of get that one all buttoned back up, get everything off the floor of the garage so I can scoot the new one into the back corner. Nice. Get it ready for the next next steps there. But uh, how about you, man? How are you feeling for the trip? I'm feeling good. So waiting to see if I'm going to be able to get a bike uh, for my dad, have him bring it over here. Um, that way I could just start with you guys and end with you guys yeah. and then just take it back couple weeks later or whatever the case may be so um uh gonna be chatting with him about that he'll be over this weekend so looking forward to finding out what we can do there otherwise i could always go to burns and i've already been told that i could use the bike there it's not quite as exciting as having my own bike i have to say uh depending on somebody else or another bike or whatever the case may be isn't the ideal scenario but uh i'm looking forward to it Looking forward to at least being able to get on a motorcycle for a little while. That'd be cool. Yeah. We've missed you on the last few lunch rides and things like that. I mean, I know. I know. I don't like it either. Any news on the KLR? Have you broken into it at all? I know this was a busy weekend and we did this only a week ago. We're getting under our one-week cadence for, for recording, so there's a little less going on in between. But Sure. No, I mean, I would uh, started taking some measurements and taking um, a closer look at some of the components. And I think everything's within spec but kind of close to the service limit and almost to the point where i'd want to like replace the piston and have it bored and honed and doing a little bit more work to it especially if i'm going to keep it around i mean i love riding that light bike it's a lot of fun but uh uh, i just want to do it right and that's kind of the problem for me is i don't want to just slap it all back together even though i know i could for relatively cheap and probably sell it and it'd probably be fine but that's not how i like to roll i like to do it right and take pride in what i'm doing so it's kind of been sitting of course family like i've said the last few times has been the priority just um just enjoying life and as much as i want that to be on a motorcycle if i'm happy outside of that then i'm okay yeah that's fair yeah i get to listen to you spend money like crazy on bikes and get excited the fortunate part is the the gl and cx bikes are not all that expensive i know i've seen lots of bikes come up on craigslist at what i'd consider a pretty reasonable rate and i could get excited about riding well that's the i mean to the point of your bike that's that's one of the issues is you know similar to the new one i got is you you get a bike and you know you you can put 
a lot of money into getting it done perfectly right. Mm-hmm. And if you're going to ride it forever, then that's worth every penny. Right. Or if, you know, but there's a fine line between getting it done perfectly right for riding and then a perfect custom, right? Sure. A, a top-notch custom. Because you start hitting that top-notch custom and you're out a little bit more money, but the value of it is that much greater later. Sure. Exponentially greater. But that, that line is fine, right? From 90% there to a, a top-notch custom down to just running barely, even mm-hmm. if it's poorly running, the value in between that is just almost nothing, right? Sure. From poorly running to running well but not fully custom is, you know, a couple hundred dollars on most bikes. Yeah. Right? To whereas if you do a full custom, quality everything, really put the money into the fit and finish, then you kind of you jump up to a whole new level from there. But yeah, so that's you know, engine wise, if you're talking about rebuilding it, if you weren't looking to keep it, then really you just need to do enough to get it running. Right. I mean, even for you, if you're just going to ride it once a year, you don't need to put, you know, $2,000 into getting a $1,500, $2,000 bike running. Right. Well, and I'm nowhere near that right now. And even if I did some of this work, I, I'd, it's still cheaper than buying another bike. But Sure. There's also that. But uh, there's a certain value to the bike as it sits. So we'll see. As much as I, like I said, want to get it running and riding, just hasn't hasn't happened yet. I... I yeah. hate saying that, but it hasn't happened. It's the off season too for for working. It's the on season for riding and off season for working. Where mm-hmm. you know it's hard to it's hard to want to work on the bike when it's crappy outside because you kind of want to just hang out inside and be be lazy. Mm-hmm. But then it gets nice and you got to work on the bike and ra- you'd rather go for a walk with the kid or you know yeah. there's other things that you'd rather do outside and I fully understand it kind of has to become. That's kind of that's one of the reasons this new bike is exciting is it, it kind of gives me that commitment to put put time into the business. Sure. You know, before it's like, well, with the Scrambler, I mean, you brought that up. Like it was my daily, it was what I loved and what I rode every day and all the time, so it was kind of one of those why would I put time and a ton of money into something that I'm just going to put another 30,000 miles on. Yeah. <laughs> you know, a 60,000 mile triumph isn't worth no matter how custom isn't worth much isn't really you're not going to get a lot out of that let's just keep riding it as it is mm-hmm. right i've made the important things that were important to me are done really not a benefit a lot of benefit in tearing into it much more at the high miles it had so i hear what you're saying that it's kind of hard to to juggle that whereas if you had a running bike you just ride it every day and not worry about it right well and if i could bring the kid out and he was a little bit more involved maybe a little bit older and i understand i've got a little that's, ways that's an, i've got yeah. a ways. i keep trying every every summer i try again at you know six and four this year and it's still six is about right mm-hmm. lane will hang out and help and if he's not he's at least not in the way he's out playing on his own and you don't need to keep an eagle eye right four is still difficult because yeah. <laughs> helping means hitting things with hammers <laughs> and not helping means running out in traffic Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, there's not a lot of middle ground in that in that help, but you know, it's nice that they want to be out there, and mm-hmm. it's good to teach them that hey, you can get out there and work on your own stuff. Sure. So you know, I, I've been talking about that with our oldest, and how beneficial it is to understand how to build and work on things, and understand those basics of maintenance. Mm-hmm. In today's age, I mean, the amount of money people put into, you know, having someone else do it is. It could be saved. A lot of a lot of money per year can be saved by doing it yourself. Sure. I, you know, I just mentioned I'm a big proponent. If you don't know how, and if it's something that's way beyond what you want to learn or need to learn, then by all means, pay somebody to do it right. Mm-hmm. But most mechanical jobs, you can at least for a daily runner type situation, you can do yourself. 
Well, a lot of that maintenance stuff, it's good to understand your vehicle, your motorcycle, your car, have some fundamental knowledge of what this is that's transporting you from point A to point B, and then how to do some of the stuff that if you are strapped and you need to be able to do it yourself at least, to be able to uh, check your oil, right? Be able to maybe replace oil, check your coolant, do a lot of these little things that you should be doing anyway. I mean, uh, there may become a time in our lives where we no longer want to get greasy just to change the oil and we'll choose, pick and choose the jobs that we want to do. But starting off, uh, that's how I got involved with uh, automobiles was going out and helping my dad just do our normal maintenance stuff and then replacing components as they'd fail or doing uh, preventative maintenance. Well, that's that's fair, especially when you're talking learning the bikes or mm-hmm. cars or whatever it is we're talking about, anything mechanical really lawnmower right whatever it may be i always find the mid-level tasks are the funnest and most knowledge uh, best learning i don't know how to state that correctly um but you know uh, you know you, you can wash the car right you can just spray it down and and do a simple wash but you go to the wax job and you learn every nick ding scratch yeah right you can wash it and you see most of it and you get a little bit of it but you kind of, once you move on to the next level, now a full detail is, is enough that it's tedious and sucks, right? If you, yeah. you, I'm a fan of it. You saw my bike and some oh, of the, yeah. the cars yeah. I care about and that I drive and other people don't drive. I spend a little more time <laughs> on that um, because I know it'll stay that way a little longer. But, um, you know, the kids aren't in and out as much is really the baseline on that. But uh, for the detailing, but it's, uh, you know, you learn, you do detail and it's a lot of work. And by the end of it, you're like, man, I spent so much time and it's gratifying. Yes. But you get halfway through and you're like, I want to be done. Mm -hmm. This is exhausting. I'm tired and it's a lot of work and it kind of loses its glamour halfway through. Whereas a wax is just that perfect level where you're getting tired and you've got, you know, a quarter of the car left, right? Mm -hmm. One side to do or just the hood to do or you're about done. And so there's, it's very gratifying right at the point that you're still having fun mm-hmm. and you learn a ton about your car and you know kind of mid-level work oil changes if you've never done it before you're gonna learn a ton mm-hmm. but oil changes to me you're kind of remedial quick easy done i don't even think about it much but you know you start talking about transmission oil change where you're dropping a pan and you know there's a handful of bolts involved mm-hmm. uh, transmission oil change maybe depending on how difficult it is your air cleaner you know uh, spark plugs Right, those kind of mid-level maintenance that aren't necessarily for everyone and their mom outside, right. but those that are actually putting a little effort into it, I find are crazy gratifying, a lot of fun, and generally you don't get into trouble of like, uh, how does this go back together? Because it's only three or four parts you've un- disconnected. Right. Right. You start getting beyond that, and it's similar to every time. I, I think it's fun to do a full do a head gasket on a truck that needs it, hence my you know my old Ranger. But you know, halfway through it, it's just like, oh, so much work. To still finish getting to it, scraped off, cleaned, and ready to be rebuilt. Because mm-hmm. I'm not just going to throw one on and bolt it back together. I'm going to clean it, prepare the heads. A lot of the time, the that's right what work. takes the most amount of work. And it's so just the cleanup on an older tearing it apart's the fun part. And by the time you got it apart, you're kind of burned out. Mm-hmm. And then you got to spend you know just as much time cleaning as you did tearing it down. Unfortunately, if you've cleaned it right, putting it back together is pretty quick. Yeah, because everything's clean and goes on real clean and smooth. But you know those those high level jobs are kind of daunting. And can be done by anyone with any inkling of mechanical skill, but a little less fun. Right. But those mid-level jobs, kind of to your point, that once you get that mid-level work where you're going beyond just an oil change or checking fluids, but actually doing something that 
the average person would take to a shop is incredibly gratifying and generally a lot of fun. And you learn a ton about your vehicle. You can see, you know, when you're taking one thing off or you're under it for an hour, right? You, you see the leaks in other places. You notice those little nuances of, oh, okay, rear main seal is going to be an issue in a little while or something to keep an eye on. And you learn those little nuances of what to know about your vehicle. And, and I agree with you on that. It's, it's I think the big important. thing is, and I'm a huge advocate for this, that if you're interested and you want to know and you don't know anything about cars or you know just the basics and you want to know more, is to have somebody that you know loves to do it and just hang out with them. Because most of the time, those people that are doing this kind of work love talking about it. And they're willing to share that knowledge with you. Yeah, come over, you know, or if you've got something that's going on in your car, I'll come over and I'm not going to do the work because at least I believe that if I'm helping somebody out and they don't know, that I'll be there to support, but they need to be the ones getting their hands dirty so that way they can actually understand what they're doing. They're in there seeing everything, getting getting a little oily at times and um, being around these components and being familiar with what, what this takes, what, what is that actually doing? Okay. I just removed the starter. Well, what's the starter engaged to, right? So, Oh, look, Oh, I can see the flywheel in there. There's a ring gear that it's attached to, right? And that's what it's actually spinning. Oh, and this is how the starter works, right? You got to play with this kind of stuff. For me, I just love tearing stuff apart. So, and, and then I'm working with my dad who went to school as a mechanic growing up. So it, it was pretty easy to see that and be around it. But definitely for anybody interested, uh, uh, find those friends, find us. And uh, if you can find us, we're pretty hidden right now. <laughs> we're so elusive. good luck. But, uh, um, and just start paying attention and asking questions. No, I agree. Uh, you know, that's, that's fair. And, and I wouldn't, you know, while you're talking, the one thing I was thinking is, you know, there's a lot of, a lot of small mom and pop shops that, make their living in supporting the communities, whether it's an automotive shop or a motorcycle shop. Mm-hmm. And by all means, if, you know, if it's something that you don't have time for, that you don't, you're not comfortable with, I agree hundred percent with supporting those shops. Find yes. your good quality local guys and hire them, you know, pay them to do the job. You don't mm-hmm. want to do a, you know, a AC compressor and find out that you can't charge or don't have the right O-rings to seal the ports, you know, and, and suddenly you're, you're in a world of hurt with no AC and, and Freon all over the ground, mm-hmm. right? Causing, in the atmosphere, you're causing <laughs> environmental issues. Yeah. But, you know, you don't want to get halfway into it and realize you're, you've made a mistake, there's gases in your face, and you're not going to be able to get it done. There's certain things that if you're not confident or comfortable doing, find your local guy. Oh, I mean, yeah. shops are that way and, and the good shops they won't make you come to them I, a perfect example is the this gl i mo there's a motoco in washugal is sunny runs that joint out there and he's a good okay. guy upstanding guy and i was having some issues with my carb sinking mm-hmm. because the tool had an extra piece that was hidden in the back corner of the kit mm-hmm. to kind of limit the uh the vacuum orifice okay it's a little limiting valve that's basically just a thumb screw that limits how much air can actually be used in that vacuum without it at idle older bikes jump around like you wouldn't believe mm-hmm. at idle you just give them enough vacuum right you pull some real air out of that mm-hmm. and suddenly they they smooth out pretty significantly about two thousand three thousand rpm but at idle at a thousand rpm that thing you couldn't tell what was happening the right. gauge was all over and I, you know, talking to guys that have worked with automotive, Brad is one of them. Hmm. You know, if you see that on an auto, on a vehicle, on a full size carburetor, you know, something larger, that's a large enough orifice and it's breathing enough air that you should never see any bounce in that needle. Mm-hmm. 
but on a motorcycle with a tiny little carburetor on each side, right. taking in just a small, you know, Coke bottle sized amount of air, Coke bottle cap sized amount of air, you know, that, that fluctuation on a twin, sure. older twin yeah, is, is pretty sure. heavy. And that's, I went to him saying, Hey, you know, I might be coming in. I know he's got an ultrasonic cleaner. I might have you clean detail and tune my carb for me. Cause I'm getting a vacuum leak somewhere. And I've already, I already checked that it wasn't the boots and the connection points. It was definitely had to be in the carb if there was one. Right. Uh, and after talking with him for about five minutes, he said, you know, asked about the bike, what year, what range, it's a Honda, okay. He said, you know, a lot of the CBs he works on, that's pretty normal. And he mm-hmm. asked, you know, the tool, do you have a little valve on it? I said, uh, not that I found. He's like, go check. <laughs> it either doesn't have one and you need to just tune it at 3,000 RPM and it'll be good enough. Mm-hmm. You know, spray it with carb cleaner, make sure 100%. Right, get yourself an auxiliary fuel bottle, yeah. which I made, super fancy one. Did you ever use it? Uh, yeah, it used to work great, okay. by the way. Okay, yeah, yeah I never heard, sorry. Side note, we didn't talk about that. I'll post pictures on Instagram. Okay. It's pretty pretty fancy. <laughs> I'm actually proud of it. As ghetto home jobs go, it's pretty good. With the jar that you good showed me. Line, yep. I know I'm. we're, we're going jar. on a tangent, but... Spaghetti jar, auxiliary fuel tank. All right. worked great. Okay. The problem is sucking fuel out of the current tank. It's not a... Uh, it's a vacuum fuel petcock oh so i had to give it vacuum by hand oh, okay yeah yeah <laughs> to get any fuel out of the tank so i could fill that bottle because i didn't have a good bottle of, <laughs> the only fuel i had was old fuel and i wasn't going to tune my carbs on old fuel sure so also reminded me i need to go to the gas station and get some non-ethanol fuel for my containers yeah. space age here you but, go <laughs> <laughs> but uh anyway but yeah his conversation was you know oh don't bring it in go check for that piece if you don't have that piece you know, just spray the crap out of it. You're probably okay. Mm-hmm. And I, I was, you know, that's that's an impressive statement from a local mechanic, right? Yeah. His his living, literally, his livelihood relies on me taking a bike to him or a carburetor to him and him getting it ready for me. Sure. But rather than doing that, he said, ah, dude, I know you used to have newer bikes. This is normal. Okay. Yeah. You know, try this first. If you do find a vacuum leak, by all means, we'll do what we need to. Mm-hmm. I'll source some O-rings. We'll get you a rebuild kit. We'll get you set up. But. You probably don't. It's pretty uncommon, and if it's in the condition, you know, he was saying if it's the condition I said it was in, you're not going to have one. Sure. And lo and behold, I sprayed the crap out of it. No vacuum leaks. It was just that nuance. Found the valve, tucked in the corner, hidden under other parts of that kit. Plugged that in, and oh, okay, that, that limits it a little bit, levels out the reading, and it just doesn't pull a ton of vacuum at idle, come to find out. Right. And that's, you know, it runs great at idle and runs mm-hmm. great at RPM, so I don't think there's a problem. Right? I think they would be much more noticeable than just a little idle concern. So, you know, it, it was just interesting, though. The, the good mechanics aren't looking to take money from you. I know that the, there's a big conversation about stealerships and mechanics are crooks and they just want your money. And and some of them, I'm sure that's true. That can't come from nowhere. Right. Someone got screwed by a mechanic somewhere. And that right. story goes around and there's a handful of them. But there are good guys that... One, your buddy who's a shade tree mechanic Mm -hmm. or maybe even very, very skilled at it Mm -hmm. is willing to help you. Just as Brad said. No, that's for sure. I agree. Mm -hmm. A good mechanic wants to share his skills with the community. He doesn't want to die tomorrow and have that lost. He wants everyone to know, hey, that's a weird quirk of this engine that only I knew. Please share this. And they love that. They love that they have this knowledge and that they can share it with you. And with the mechanics that you can go to and pay for work being done, I mean, if you find a reputable mechanic... they're looking for a certain kind of work. There's certain work that I believe that, sure, they can do it, but for them, the time that they have into it and what they're doing 
isn't as valuable as, okay, this needs to be rebuilt, as opposed to this weird guy that came in and is very charismatic that I'm going to help him figure out how to tune his carburetor. Right. Well, and, you know, the good mechanics have enough work. Yes. They yeah. don't need you to come in with stupid stuff just so they can make $10 off of you. Mm-hmm. Right? They, they've got people coming in. They've got a backlog. I think this guy's got so many bikes out front that I found out only recently aren't for sale, but are in fact all the bikes in their lineup of three guys. Sure. I mean, it's a small shop and he is loaded wow. with work yeah. because he does good work and he's an honest dude. Yeah, for sure. And his prices are on par. I mean, it's generally a dollar more, a little bit more than online, but for the amount of help and the conversation and the hangout that it is there, you know, support your local dudes. Yeah, for sure. He's great. And you know, it's fun to to go and chat for a minute. And if he'll take the time to come and, you know, have that conversation mm-hmm. pop in, right. The, the desk clerk was there helping me looking up the carburetor and kind of some information and trying to figure it out. I also bought a battery for the scooter I'm selling and, right. and you know, oh, I don't know exactly which battery he pops in and says this one or this one, let me take the computer. Boom. Five seconds later, it's that one. Yeah. <laughs> and then, you know, what else you got going? And that's where we got ta- He takes the time to have that conversation and right. not in the form of bring it in, but, Oh, dude, just try this, and you'll have it fixed. He did that once for the rear brake drums. On oh, one really? Of my, one of my bikes was having weird rear brake drum issues, and he was like, yeah, those Yamahas of that year have a weird adjustment setting. You've got to do this to get the adjustment changed. Okay. And, you know, literally an hour later from at home, stops on a dime. Yeah. Like, oh, my gosh. I you know I was about ready to buy all new parts from him. Right. You know, straight up new drum, new new pads. Let's yeah. just, I, I was sure it was glazed over or just could not grip. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's just adjusted wrong, and probably just due to age and dust and all the other things that've been in it for years. Once you got it a little tighter, it could wear off that glazing. Yeah, ran great, awesome, it was amazing. And so you know, he's just a good guy that way. And, and there are shops that way. There's another mechanic shop out in Washougal for vehicles, has a really good reputation, and everyone goes there because they get the job done. Their backlog is crazy; they're not mm-hmm. going to get it done quickly. But if you've got some quirky thing that's going on and it's out of your wheelhouse, mm-hmm. or if you want to get charged the right amount for that job, it's going to be fine. I've got to say, with any establishment that is dependent upon customer interaction and customer service, that um, it's all about the atmosphere. And it sounds awesome that you found a shop relatively close or very close to where you're at, where you can go down there and you can BS the guy for a little while, talk about bikes. You're giving them some business. You're buying some things, but then also walking away, going, "That was awesome. I learned something." And who who can say that about every establishment that you go to? Uh, yeah, I've been to many, both motorcycle and automotive shops slash dealers, and gotten almost nothing. More of a drop it off and we'll check it out conversation, sure. right? Not a, oh, okay. So what's happening? Tell me about it. Mm-hmm. Right. Try this. Try these three things and then drop it off. It starts great for us. Uh, you sure you don't want one of these new uh, BMWs? Yeah. I mean, that, that's the problem, is, right? You can get a shop that's willing to give a little time and effort beyond lip service. Right. Right. And share a little of their knowledge is, is really worth its weight in gold. And, and that's hard to find. So it's, it's important to support those guys, too. I guess that's, you know, we've talked a lot about doing your own work. Yeah. And a lot of that. And, and the good shops will help you do your own work. Right. As well as your buddies that can help you. However, it's it's nice to find that shop in town and if you can't i'm sure the forums wherever Mm -hmm. you're at based on the bike you have have a shop that they all go to yeah if you have any suggestions for the northwest area let us know i mean we could even post them on our site yeah that's fair for good reputable uh, locations that people can go to for honest work yeah there's a there's a lot of good options feel free to yeah shoot us you know contact us shoot us a message and we can 
we can let you know where we go or what we've done and, and both rides, shops, you know. Mm-hmm. We know the area, okay. Yeah, yeah. Some of the progressive commercials. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Can you hear me now? Ah, uh, kind of. Don't, don't worry. Your stuff is in okay hands. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's dated now. That'll be great. That'll, that'll hold up years from now. Good. But, uh, yeah, otherwise, you know, it, it's fun to, to get the, your hands dirty, to really yeah. get into it. And we recommend, you know, shoot us any questions. I know, obviously, there's other podcasts and other people you can talk to about that as well. But we're happy to help, and, and we'd love to, to get involved in any projects you're working on. Uh, one of the things we're looking at doing uh, is actually setting up a, a reader or a listener's ride Yeah, page. For sure. Um, slackermoto.com. I'd love to, to add a page that is just everybody showing off their customs. Yeah. Uh, or restorations or whatever you bought. Whatever right? you're proud of We've riding. We've got a buddy here with a, an early 2000s SV650 that looks like it's been hell, to hell and back and he still rides it every day. Yeah, he loves that thing. So, you know, it doesn't have to be anything fancy, but if you're proud of it, let us show it off. Mm-hmm. You know, it'll give you a public forum to, to show it off and point your friends at of, hey, there it is. Yeah. So, uh, that, yeah, that's the next edition I think we're going to add. A little bit of that. Cool. Um, you can get more information. Uh, we're going to add all of that information to our Patreon page. So you can visit Slackermoto at Patreon. Yeah, if you're willing and have the means, we'd love any support we can get. Uh, we have gone fully public. I know we've talked about that on, on the cost. Oh, we're being traded right now? Stock market's oh, yeah. doing horrible. Well, just in, in our in our recordings and, <laughs> oh, and ability okay. to have backlogs and everything filed in the same location. Sure. We've had to increase our, our hosting fees a little bit on that. So we'd love any support. Otherwise, please rate, like, and review. Thank you. Visit your local shops. We appreciate all the love and support we've gotten. Uh, we've got a lot of feedback, and, and we really appreciate it from everybody that's listening. For sure. And we look forward to uh, hanging out more with everyone and, and, and getting to know you better if we don't. Uh, but otherwise, everybody have a great week to come. Yeah. Until next time, right on. <laughs>